Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mean Green Nation podcast coming to you on a, is it sunny? Well, it's a sunny Sunday afternoon. And I got to tell you, Sundays are always just a little bit better, a little bit warmer even after a Mean Green West Division championship. Um, and that's that's what happened yesterday. 8,522 people showed up to the Super Pit, a record crowd, record in that it was the fourth largest ever and the most since 1980. The biggest crowd I've ever seen at the Super Pit was back in uh, November 2010 when I saw the uh, Mean Green take on the uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders at home. Josh White scored 32 points in that one. Uh, hit a big bucket uh, to win the game. Well, sent, to send him in overtime, and then, you know, they end up winning overtime. Good times. We've blogged about this before. Um, yeah. MGN was a was a going concern even back then. Last night was an incredible night for a lot of people. Um, I didn't get to see it, so I'm not talking from with experience, you know. Like, uh, you know, it was great when this happened, but it is great to see the Super Pit being live, being hyped. Uh, I read my old, old writing uh, before the show, and I remember that I said. Uh, or that I wrote that, you know, prior to going to North Texas, right? You know, I played in like a college basketball 2K or something like that uh, back when they made college basketball video games. And I remember choosing, you know, North Texas to see what it was all about. And I saw the Super Pit. I hadn't been there, right? You know, I was, I'm from San Antonio. And um, I was like, oh, that looks like a, a cool arena. It's like nice. It's big, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that places awesome when you know the the crowd's rocking for a big time a big time north texas game and unfortunately i only saw probably a handful of like you know enthralling home games there uh there was a lot of losing at north texas for a while uh but you know like i said the texas tech season uh, game was a big one um we've seen north texas play important games and win important games um and the game's in Frisco at the tournament. It's a little cheating. It's also why a lot of Conference USA members don't like it. Is that it's, uh, you know, um, what is the word? It, it's it's leaning towards North Texas, right? I think when they made the switch, North Texas basketball wasn't good, so nobody really cared too hard. But, but, uh, they felt like, well, if they ever get good, it's going to be kind of annoying because, you know, it's a home game, right? You got to battle uh, basically a home team. So anyway, Super Pit holds something like 10,000 people or something like that. Uh, let me see. Let me look at something. Uh, there's an arena capacity list that I'm, I'm trying to find as I'm podcasting right now. Uh, yeah, here we go. Arena capacity. We are, I checked this before. We're smaller than like UTEP which is the 50th largest in the country, or 59th, right? It has 11,000. But we're bigger than pretty much anybody else. We're the second biggest in the in the league, I think. Yeah, Super Pit, 10,500. Uh, 79th largest in the nation. I mean, there's a lot. Like, we're behind uh, Wichita State's arena, which is 10,506. But, you know, it's effectively the same, right? You can get 10,000 people in there. And that's sort of the problem, right? Like, Syracuse, you can get 35,000 people in the Carrier Dome. Or Louisville plays at the Yum Center. It's 22,000 people. It's like a real arena, right? Like Memphis plays at the FedEx Forum. You can play in big places. Uh, that's, that was kind of a problem with like Texas, right? UT plays at the Irwin Center, which is 17,000 people can fit in there. And it's hard to find uh, that many Austinites that, that care about basketball. Um, anyway, the point is that it's not small, right? It's not like I think the smallest arena in basketball is USC Upstate, which holds 800 people. It's kind of kind of lame. Uh, I think one of the smallest in, in the nation or in the in the league is Florida Atlantic's two thousand five hundred uh, FAU Arena or whatever it is. Anyway, point is that we had a good game at the pit, probably for the first time in ten years or something like that. I can't think of a, of a game in the last ten years that was as packed as important. Maybe I mean I know um, like the CBI game was pretty pretty hyped. I don't I don't really remember the attendance for that one. That was a little different. Uh, this is certainly the the biggest regular season conference game that I can remember that had this many people in it. 
But again, I don't remember that Western Kentucky game a couple seasons ago. That was pretty packed. I don't remember. But this one was a good one. I like it. We need more of it. Um, new arena comes around. Uh, updated whatever. Maybe an updated capacity. Let's let's get it down to like 7,000 or something like that. Maybe even 5,000. I think that will be the right number. Because the number of people that will get in there be nice and packed. Uh, nice and loud, you know, uh, for that for that number there. Anyway, uh, by the way, UTSA's Convocation Center, 4,000. I was wondering about that one. I've been to that one, too. Uh, let me look at one other one before I close this out. Texas State, Strahan Coliseum, I've been in there, 7,000. That's a nice arena. 7,000 is a good number. I like that number. Diddle, 7,500. All right, enough of that. Um, North Texas, 56-49 uh, winners over... Louisiana Tech win the West Division uh, and effectively, basically win the conference. Right? I said this on uh, was it CUSA report, uh, and uh, at least one of you is getting after me for it. But it's true; like there is no official regular season champion given out by the conference. Right? You can see that they just crowned two division winners. The regular season team with the best record gets the NIT bid, but there's no like associated trophy. There's no like nothing about it. And, I mean, I'm sure there would have been a bigger deal than was made uh, about this whole thing if the league wasn't in turmoil right now, right? Suing everybody, being sued, um, you know, injunctions being brought, uh, rulings being made, lawyers getting paid. Um, so, whatever. Uh, you know, we're about to be out of this league very soon. But I think we're doing a lot better than Marshall, taking a lot better than Marshall's doing. Southern Miss and Old Dominion. We're not suing anybody. Uh, we're basically keeping our bridges intact. You never know when we'll have to work with these programs in the future. And um, it's not a good look for these squads. That said, West Division champs, 15-1 and one on the season. Our most wins ever in conference, right? Our, uh, we, we beat the 2020 team, right? They had, went 14-4. and four. Um, A lot of records set, right? Uh, that was what the... 14th straight win? Is that right? I'm like uh, mixing up numbers here. I'm going to have to count them. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, 14. I want to say 14, but then I, get, I thought I was wrong. 14 straight wins. That ties the record. Uh, we win again, and we should win. I'll say it, right? I think uh, like Ken Palm says it's like 91% likelihood that we beat UTSA on the road in San Antonio, right? On Thursday the 3rd. Um, and then, you know, the, uh, another trip out to El Paso on the 5th, the Saturday, that's, a, that's a, another should win, right, 70%. That's a tougher place to play. UTSA is terrible, though. That should be a win. We're, like, favored by, like, 20 or something like that. Anyway, uh, so this thing, 14 straight wins, should be 16. 16 straight regular season conference wins. You can add in the, the you know, the stuff from, from the – Tournament play, you know, if you count that. Uh, last year, our longest win streak was the end-of-season win streak, right? Middle, Old Dominion, Louisiana Tech, Western, Purdue. Five straight. Uh, didn't quite get to 20 wins last year. But, uh, you know, obviously it was a, it was a good time. Um, will that continue into the tournament? We, we'll see, right? I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about a couple things. I'm excited. I feel like we should celebrate this West Division Championship. But you can't just, you know, have a parade for this. One, because it's only a division championship. And two, there's a couple games to play, right? you got to keep going. UTSA is still doing their, their season, even though they basically checked out. I mean, one of their guys transferred. Um, you know, they're, they're not good. They're terrible. There's going to be, like, nobody there. Uh, I would have been in this, this game. This is a game I always look forward to, going to the, to the um, North Texas at UTSA one. But, obviously, I'm not in San Antonio anymore. Um, and, you know... UTEP, pretty solid team, and they're battling for position in in the league, right? They are, what, fourth right now? Basically, you want to stay out of, out of sixth or seventh, and that's locked up mostly by UTSA and Southern Miss, but you don't want to be playing poorly either. And you're sort of facing seedings. I don't know if UTEP is trying to get the, is you know, trying to pick an opponent or something like that, but mostly what you want to look out for um, is the team that's, Playing hard because they want to get right while you're going, you know, uh, relaxing, taking your foot off the the gas. 
uh, I was going to say pedal and gas at the same time. Uh, taking your foot off the gas, leaving yourself with a, a situation where you're building bad habits. So I, I wrote this on, on MingreenNation.com uh, today. Uh, so you can go there and read it in, in word form. Um, but it, it's essentially this, right? I think that like win streaks and losing streaks are about moments of belief, right? And building good habits for yourself. In every game, you're going to be faced with a it's hard moment, right? Uh, they went on a run. Or the refs are not calling it the way we expect them to call it. Or, you know, somebody got injured. Or my shot's not falling. Or this guy's a lot better. Or he's just having a day and I cannot guard him or something. Something like that happens. A little challenge, a little difficulty. And so do you say, well, time for me to give up. Or do you trust, you know, your process? And I know that's an overused phrase. But it's true, right? Like, you can't... Basketball is about controlling percentages and likelihoods and stuff. It's not necessarily about uh, perfection or achieving it. There's a lot of variables going into a basketball game, right? Your diet, your sleep schedule, your stress, your life, you know, just whatever going into it. You're trying to manage all of those things so you can get an achievable, replicable outcome, right? You want to get yourself the best shot. Not because it will go in, but because it probably will go in. That's a shot that you practice a ton, uh, a shot you're ready to shoot, and, you know, it's a good look. It's a high percentage shot for you. But just high percentage. It's not going to always go in. Right? And you also conversely want to limit the defense. Uh, on defense, you want to li limit the opposition to the worst possible shot. And only one, right? Because they, uh, they get 10, 20% shots. One of them is going to go in. So... You trust your process for achieving those goals, right? You make sure that you're executing the offense the best you can. Trust that when you block out, that it's going to give you the best chance of winning. So you're going to throw yourself into blocking out the way you need to so that way you can win. Even though it seems like, what, you know, is blocking out here, is that going to really get us six points back on the scoreboard? No, it's not. Um, is uh, fighting over a screen, is that going to do what I need to do? Or is it sitting on the bench because, you know, I'm not playing right. Uh, you know, I want to be on the floor or something like that. And same thing for coaches, right? Is it sticking with the plan or is it just throwing it all out and saying, uh, you know what, forget the offense, we're just going to do something completely different that we're unprepared for doing just because I feel like I need to do something, right? I just need to make some action. Um, all of those things are are challenged right i think north texas has done a good job of leaning into the things that make them successful when the going has gotten tough right so you got against uab um you know they go down was it uh, there's that 11-0 run and north texas executes defensively uh they execute their offense I, I wrote about this right tyler perry comes down he gets a screen from usman he attacks but under control it was a call play, finds a um, McBride popping up on the top, catch, shoot, buckets, right? Got you a nice three. Um, you know, later on, Tyler Perry driving, and uh, he gets into the lane. He pump fakes, pump fakes, kind of gets stuck, goes up, uh, gets blocked. But three guys, three North Texas guys, are fighting for the ball. Aaron Scott fighting for the ball. And that's part of their DNA. They, they fight for everything. They just didn't, like... Uh, drop their heads and say, oh, man, I guess it's another day. Tough team, time to go home. They kept fighting, kept playing. Tyler Perry pops up, runs around, sets up in a corner, right? Uh, Ruben Jones, when he got the, the the outlet pass from Scott, he didn't do something silly. He didn't say, well, now's my time uh, to go into James Harden mode, right? He executed. He trusted his coaching. He trusted what he's learned in practice, what he has practiced. Um, you know, he found Tyler Perry buckets. Now North Texas is down by one. Same kind of thing. Contrast that with Jelly Walker, right? Jordan Walker's uh, UAB dude. Him taking an ill-advised shot, right? And that, that's the kind of stuff. Like, what are you, are you trusting the coach in there? Are you trusting your own preparation there? I, I get that you're just saying, you know what? Let me just attack. But that's not the the high percentage basketball play at the moment, right? So in this game, right, the the one we just played. Well, I guess we can talk a little bit about that Southern Miss game. We blew him out. There it is. We talked about it. They're not good. You can see evidence of a lot of Southern Miss's problems. They didn't have the talent out there. Uh, they're a little, big, little bit banged up. But there's a lot of times where they do the first action right, right? They defended the screen. 
but then they kind of gave up after that, right? They they do the one, but they don't do the second, third, and fourth things that they need to do. Um, so Tech is a much better team. They're much more prepared for North Texas. Uh, they have a lot more talent, right? Kobe Williams is a baller. Uh, Keaton Willis, he can score. Uh, obviously, Kenneth Lofton is, you know, the focal point of their offense. And then they got, like, you know, uh, fifth-year dudes like Amari Archibald. He's a baller, too. All that adds up to a team that was going to make a run. Right, They made a run at the end of the first half, got it to within two. Kobe Williams, too much speed. Uh, you know, crossed somebody over, got to the basket at, at the buzzer. Fine. Um, and then in the second half, they made that run to get back into the game. Uh, you know, like they were – a lot of times in basketball, right, it's stopping thinking and just kind of trusting, you know, all that preparation yourself, right? So they're down – they're not overthinking it. They're not, you know, thinking about uh, the refs or the moment or whatever like that. And then Tech was pressing, getting the ball, and then after that, it just go right, just go attack. And they got to, they they made their way back into the game. The crowd kind of got quieter. You could hear that on on the broadcast. The stadium does a good job. Um, I know a lot of you, well, at least eight thousand of you, were at the game. A lot of you were watching. I think stadium does a good job. You can hear the crowd. You can hear the atmosphere. I don't like that dude calling Thomas Bell Taco Bell, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm not buying into that nickname, but, you know, maybe he needs a nickname. Um, so you got you got uh, the situation where North Texas is in trouble, sort of, right? They, uh, Louisiana Tech ties it up. That's college basketball for you. They stayed calm. They went down. They executed uh, there was even like a moment where Thomas Bell, you know, you get the ball to to a dude, and we've praised him on this show, uh, Greg, uh, who uh, couldn't make it today. Um, also, because I, I just kind of did this spur of the moment, so don't blame him. Um, uh, Greg, you know, Greg and I have mentioned on the show that Thomas Bell has been a guy where you can get the ball to him, and then he's calm and he's like playmaking kind of dude. The problem has been in the last few games is that uh, he hasn't been playing as well. Some of that's just his own play. Some of that is because the defenses have adjusted to his game. They have saw the film. They saw what we saw. And they said, this dude, Thomas Bell, he likes to get the ball in the post and uh, make some plays happen, right? Either he scores by himself or he gets the ball to Abu Usman or Aaron Scott or kicks a ball out um, to McBride or somebody. Let's shut that down. And so they, they have, right? They were peaking. Um, I think it was Armory Archibald was staring down uh, the passing lane. He jumped it when Bell was uh, going to do a kick out. Steal. And he goes down the court, and he gets ready to score. Um, Thomas Bell sprinted down the floor. He was a little bit behind the play, but he turned the ball over, didn't you know, hang his head, nothing like that. The whole team sprinted down to defend. Armory Archibald goes up. He misses the ball, like rattles around or rolls around the rim. Should have been uh, a bucket, but it didn't go in. You know, there's a little bit of luck for ourselves, right? Um, he gets the rebound. Thomas Bell does. There's a minute 24, and we're still up two, right? Then Tyler Perry comes down, hits a big bucket, three pointer in the dude's eye, and that's basically game time. After that, right? Uh, if you look at like say the Kim Kim Palm, uh, like the game graph. North Texas didn't really, uh, well, according to his algorithm, right? They never really were out of control in the game. In that moment where Louisiana Tech tied it, still said North Texas was in control of the game. I felt like that was the case. You know, like, y you play a team, anything can happen, right? Um, it's all likelihoods. Like I said, it's all probabilities. And what you want to do is make sure that you're not reducing the game down to one possession because anything can happen in that possession, right? Louisiana Tech could hit a miracle three in your face, and then and then what? Right? Then it's over. Um, but you know, I I don't think that North Texas did that. They got big enough leads when they had you know their runs, our own runs, that when Louisiana Tech was making their run, you can shut them down, right? Uh, North Texas led forty nine forty, with five minutes left in the in the second half. Louisiana Tech had to go on a nine zero run to tie it. But after that, they burned some energy, right? You, you've got a 9-0 lead, so you can absorb something like that. Now, it wasn't perfect. There was three turnovers in that same time span. Uh, they got to clean that up, and we'll talk about that in, in a little bit as we talk about the tournament. But, you know, 
I, I thought they handled it well. They responded to it well. And they set themselves up for that kind of thing. If at the moment, like in the five-minute mark, North Texas wasn't taking advantage of their opportunities and were only – it was like tied, then it would have been a little bit like that UAB situation. And a 9-0 run puts you down by nine, right? So North Texas is going to be in scramble mode trying to come back. Not ideal, right? The same thing happened in Ruston where North Texas went down big, had to make a big comeback. Um, what you like about it is that they, they can come back, this team, our, our squad – but it's it's not something you wanna you wanna bank on. The thing that that drives it all is the defense. They can get stops, right? Stops frustrate the other team. They lead to scoring opportunities, depending on uh, you know where exactly it's happening. But um, you know, North Texas is not the best fast break team. They're really good at uh, going deep into the clock and getting buckets when it matters, right? Uh, Usman. He's he's clutch for getting buckets at the rim. Uh, we don't absolutely need our guards to attack the rim, which can be tiring. Or working somebody over out, out uh, on the perimeter, doing a little dance and hitting jumpers in her eye. We can save that stuff for other times, right? We don't want to need that for all of our scoring at all times. Uh, and and that's, that's always the thing, right? I, I, I talk about this on this show um, and, like, on the blog, is that in any sport... Uh, and especially basketball, you need some guys that can make some shouldn't plays, right? Or those are like the low percentage plays, but for them, those are high percentage, right? You scheme it up to get your player in the best position, but then after that, you want your player to make the plays. You can't scheme up coaches in football. You can't scheme up every particular situation. You can try to, uh, and in basketball, you definitely can't, right? You have an offense that will generate scoring opportunities and make it make it easy to make decisions so there's not a whole lot of cognitive load on your best players. And then late in the game, you just kind of need to let your players play. You can't <laughs> you can't always coach up like the specific moves like uh get him rock you know, get him off his uh off balance. Once you see his foot fall back, then you pull up this way. You can try to coach it. There's a lot of coaching clinics where they try to coach you on, on doing this stuff. Um and, you know, the best players work on it. But like Tyler Perry said, he saw um, against UAB trade Jemison's hands down, and then he knew he had to get it up. That's recognizing the speed of recognition, right? Um, and then also the skill and the practice and the, and the dedication to build that skill to get that shot up and get buckets. And also, uh, it's a little intangible, right? The the guts to do it. There's a lot of people that see it and like, ah, I should have taken it. But then they don't, right? They pass it. Or they can sit on the couch and point it out. Oh, he should have taken it. But when you get them up there, they can't do it. They're not willing to do it. The moment's too big for them. The moment has not been too big for uh, Tyler Perry, and that's great. We need somebody because the moments from this point on are going to get bigger. UAB away in Bartow, that was big. Louisiana Tech at home. Um, that was big. Uh, it's not going to get uh, smaller from here. You know, conference tournament, more TV cameras, more interviews, more uh, attention, more players, more people around watching. It's a bigger moment. You see it on, on, on the Twitters, uh, you know, people talking about the game that happened. But there was it was a big day in college basketball. Some of what happened kind of get lost. But you lose in the conference tournament, especially the conference tournament championship game, and all the highlight reels, all those shows, right? Let's, let's go talk about, uh, you know, the the March Madness, start of March Madness is a conference tournament week where you see this kind of stuff happening. You see guys not be big enough for the moment. And, um, you know, that's where that's where legends are made. It, it's silly to say in, you know, time of war or whatever, but that's where at least basketball legends are made, you know? Anyway. Um, good spot. We're in a good spot. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes. We win the division. What does that mean, right? It means at the very late, you know, you get a banner. You know, meangreennation.com. You can go. We we raise our own little banner. Um, <laughs> the uh um, you know, the, the top two seeds in the division are what we're aiming for. That's that's number one. Has to happen. Give yourself a chance. If I'm designing up uh, a goal sheet, um, <clears throat> excuse me. If I'm designing up a goal sheet, right? Like, what are our goals for this year? It's yeah to win like all the home games and all the other good stuff, but it's to earn a buy. Like, win the division, sure. By winning the division, you ensure yourself a buy, best possible seed. 
um, and then winning the you know most of your games, all the other good stuff. You ensure that you get a um, the NIT, right? We basically are guaranteed postseason a postseason appearance. The NIT is a is a quality tournament. It's not as big as the NCAA tournament. It's not as much money, but it's still good. It's still you know something to to be proud of competing in, and uh, definitely something you know uh, you should be proud of winning. Um, so that's that's you know we penciled that in. That's good stuff. We like that. You know, goals achieved, postseason, uh, uh, you know, attendance, uh, RSVP, RSVP'd. Um, well, I think it's rendezvoused, right? If we plead, if we pleased. Anyway, so we get the bye, the all-important bye, into the quarterfinals. So if you're, if you're unfamiliar with the Conference USA tournament, there's the first round where the six and seven seeds play each other. In the past, it's been West versus West, East versus East. I don't know if they're going to switch that around and make the East East six play West seventh, but I think it's gonna be the same. Going by last year, West six, West seventh, East sixth, East seventh. As that stands right now, I'm gonna look at it and talk it through with you right now. Um, that is FIU versus Marshall, UTSA versus Southern Miss, right? And that's the first day. That's the Tuesday, right? Wednesday, second round. This is where we entered last year, right? Because we were third in the West. It is West four and five. East 3 versus the winner of six, West 6 and 7. East 4 versus West 5. West 3 versus East 6 and 7. This is where we played Middle Tennessee last year. And Middle Tennessee didn't play FIU because, uh, they, you know, FIU just basically had COVID issues, right? Big turnaround from Middle, right? They were they were in that round. They were very terrible. And uh, now they're, they won the division. It's, uh, it's college basketball for you. So... We're going to skip that that day, right? We're going to come in at the quarterfinal round. Uh, this is where we played Louisiana Tech last season. Um, East 1 is going to play the winner of the West 4 slash East 5. Uh, so as of the, like last week, that was like middle versus like UTEP or FIU. Um, it kind of depends who's going to play. I'm not going to list all the teams for you, all the possible combinations. But right now, uh, you know, North Texas first, UAB second. Tech is third, right? So Tech will be in that third, that uh, first, uh, excuse me, the second round day, the Tuesday, uh, I mean, sorry, the Wednesday game, right? They would be playing like you're the winner of uh, um, like the East terrible teams. They'd be playing the winner of like FAU and Marshall. Um, so we can expect to see Tech coming in because those teams are very bad. But it's a... Uh, We'll we'll likely play the winner of uh you know where the West won the winner of the East four and uh, and then West five matchup. Right now that is Charlotte and Old Dominion. Play both of those teams, beat both of those teams. Charlotte's pretty good. They kind of challenged us here in in Denton. Old Dominion's pretty pretty tough. Again, something like a, a challenge, same kind of deal. Old Dominion's kind of hit or miss. I mean, you look at their record, seven and nine. It's about says that same kind of thing, right? Charlotte, same. They're eight and eight. Tough matchup, not unbeatable. Uh, you know, North Texas should be favored in that one, but you can't let your guard down against those kind of teams. Uh, so that's what we're looking at, right? That second round, uh, or, well, that quarterfinal round, uh, the winner of one of those teams. After that, you got your semis. This is where we played. Um, uh, this is where we played Louisiana Tech, right? Yeah. So we we beat uh, Middle, beat Old Dominion, then we played Louisiana Tech in the semis. Sorry, forgetting it. I'm looking at literally every team and every possible combination right now. So this is where it kind of gets weird. Uh, we we would move on and play the like the next round teams, right? Kind of depends on the winners of the other one. I expect we see a team like Louisiana Tech in this one. Um, or maybe a Florida Atlantic, you know, we're going to see that, that third place team. That's, that's likely the favorite. We could possibly see one of the four or five teams, uh, from the other side, or maybe, you know, like the absolute, uh, bottom of the bracket, but we're probably going to play the third, you know, team that that's who we're lined up for. We, we get the four or five winner on one side, and then we get the, the other one on the other side, the East two, you know, uh, West three six seven that kind of stuff. Basically, we get the worst possible team that can come up, or the team that came up to the the worst possible bracket. It could be the a team that just on a run, right? Like a North Texas was last year. Uh, North Texas was the three. We played the East 
two, and then we beat the West one, right? That's how it worked. Anyway, um, that's it. That's that's where we're lining up. We gave ourselves the best chance, right? Winning the division, you can maybe start looking at some of the um, uh, some of the the seeding compilations and be like, oh well, maybe we should have lost this one, or maybe it would have been better if we got that team, or we should root for this team. I don't think any of those things are good, right? You play who you play, and you get prepared to do your best, right? That's that's how you do it. Um, but by winning the division, we're going to play either a not-as-good team or a tired team, even if they're on a run. I like it. Best possible uh, opportunity. The The weakness and the challenge there, right, is that... You're playing a team that's been playing and fighting for their lives, right? Like North Texas was, right? Like, um, and you're you're playing a team that um, that is has already played, right? They're already in in game mode. They're already in win now mode. They've already played like a, a losing your out game, and you're like, okay, I'm ready for the tournament, excited, you know. It can feel something like a coronation as you get to that point. And I don't think that's bad if you're a fan, right? If you're a fan. You can you can enjoy it that way. If you're the players and the coaching staff and all that other stuff, don't do it that way, right? You know, they. I think you can already see in some of the clips behind the scene things where, uh, like Grant McGaslin has been saying, "Don't listen to them." You know, everybody's saying you're real good. Don't listen to that. Trust we got here. It's that mode. That's when you know you're in a good spot when the coaches are saying, "Don't listen to the hype," right? Uh, you look at like Alabama and uh, Nick Saban spends a lot of time saying, "We're not as good as everybody says we are." Because the, they're very good, right? That's how he has to coach. Uh, that's the highest level of coaching, I guess, is when you're saying, you know what? Everybody's praising you because you've been whipping everybody's uh, everybody's behind. You're winning all these games. That's that's the level you want, right? You don't want, you know what? Forget them. They've been, you know, uh, nobody comes out to see us lose by 20, but I believe in you. And that's not the coaching speech you want, right? It's Look, there's a lot of people out there, and they're going to tell you how great you are. Don't listen to them. Trust your process, right? Because it means that you're good. All right. So North Texas is good. Best team in the league. Uh, by a lot of numbers, right? I think we're like second in offensive efficiency behind UAB, which, you know, but we, we handled that. Uh, and we're we're first in defensive efficiency, uh, I think by like five points, right? Five ratings points. And like UAB's uh, ahead of us in offensive efficiency by just the two points, right? So we, we've already beat them in the head-to-head. They beat us here, but I think the more recent version, the team that we ex- can expect to see coming in the tournament, uh, we, we show we can handle them. Um, will that be the case in a conference tournament setting? I don't know. It, things slip around, right? It's the third time that you will, we'll have seen them. I expect that we're probably going to get a Tech or a UAB Again, right? We can't expect to not see them. And then out of the East, you know, Middle Tennessee is looking like the real deal. And the same logic applies. We played them, or Texas played Middle Tennessee. But that was back in January, right? Like two months later, it's like a completely different team. Uh, and North Texas only won by seven points, right? And that one, uh, or something like that. So. You also got Western. We'll we'll get more into this a little bit later, and I'll bring Greg on and maybe somebody else that wants to talk some basketball. We'll talk about the entire uh, league and preview everybody where they're at. But I just want to leave you with that, right? This is what we're getting prepared for. Middle is good. Western, still talented. They they got whooped. Uh, middle went, uh, and they whooped up on Western Kentucky, uh, 69-52. Uh, in case you weren't paying attention, Middle has 22 wins on the season. Uh Tied with North Texas, tied with UAB. You have to start taking Middle seriously as a really good team. Thirteen and three in the conference. Um, you know the East is down. The East is not as good. Right? I don't. I don't really believe in them. Uh, but they they didn't just beat Western, right? Like you know, got a two point win. They whooped them. They whooped them in in you know uh, Murfreesboro, which is basically Nashville. Sixty nine fifty two. They have a little work to do just to uh, you know. They're in the same situation. They've won the division. Uh, they, they basically won the division, you know, already. Because, like, beating Western was the only competitor, and that was it. It would have taken something like a miracle, right? Uh, for middle would have had to drop the rest of their games, and Western would have had to win out. You know, I, I gave you, like, the scenarios, right, where third place means that you're you're 
taking on you know you play one extra game one extra day um and it you know north texas won from the third spot it's not undoable uh, or it's not yeah it's not it's not outside the realm possibility it's just very difficult i don't know that anybody's going to win from the seventh seed that means that you're a very terrible team and then you just went on a superior run who knows it could happen but uh you know in the east it's middle western and then fau FAU just kind of imploded there for a little bit. I still think that they are they are a team to kind of look out for. They're going to get a couple wins coming up, right? They play FIU twice on a back-to-back Thursday Saturday situation. And you know, whatever. They're going to they're going to beat them and so they're going to pad their little stats a little bit. But outside of those two games, they, you know, they just beat Charlotte right now. They went on a four-game losing streak to Western, us, Middle, Old Dominion. Um it kind of tells you those are good teams, and they got handled in all of them, right? They lost to Old Dominion by, by uh, like twenty, uh, to Middle Tennessee by was it ten or something like that. They squeaked, uh, or North Texas squeaked by them, but that was you know we talked about that game. Uh, Western beat them pretty handily by by eight. It was a pretty solid beat down in that game. The point is that they are sort of falling apart. That means they might turn it up. Right. They're still they still have the capability. They could kind of get it all straightened out. Something similar happened in North Texas last year, where we went into that final weekend, lost twice to UAB. It kind of woke everybody up. There was that too, but everybody forgets we lost to, uh, at Marshall too, right? That was a tough game where I think Javion Hamlet missed a, a buzzer beater, right, and then he ended up going on to to ball out. So that's what I'm saying. You got to look out for that team. Anybody from anywhere can beat anybody, right? And FAU is the team to watch. Western, they have talent. They can be weird in a one-game situation. Middle, all of a sudden, is pretty good. The thing I question about, like, say, a middle and a FAU and even a Charlotte is that they may be good, but I don't know if they've done it in a tournament situation, right? Again, I talked about the big moments. Can you do it when it counts? I'm not saying they can't. They just haven't proven that they can do it when it counts, right, when the lights are really on. Um, More Texas, the bulk of this team has done so. UAB... Um, I think they, they, they're good. Um, and you know, I think Jelly Walker is unafraid. (laughs) He's not, he doesn't know the lights are on or off. He's still going to shoot. So, um, you know, and he can make them. I think Louisiana Tech is a team to be concerned about. Uh, they, you know, they struggled here. They're still a good squad. If they, they're missing a piece. That's really why, why they're not as good a thing as everybody predicted. Still a 21 team. We can be proud of that win that we got because that was a good team. Um, but you know, like Kenneth Lofton in a moment, we saw Kobe Williams can get buckets. Uh, you got to look out for Keaton Willis or something like that. Lots of teams to be afraid of. And I know I sound like a coach. I'm a fan here. I'm just kind of worrying about it. Like you gotta look out for them. They're really good. But that's where we are. That's good. We can talk about the conference tournament a week. Uh, there's a basically two weeks away because we already won a division. We're in a good spot. We clean it up. Right, we uh, clean up a couple areas, right, that Louisiana Tech took advantage of and the UAB took advantage of. Those areas were pressing the the offense or uh, doing a full court press, uh, just man to man, picking up the ball handler in the backcourt, throwing off our rhythm, right? We like to walk the ball, of course. Everybody talks about how deliberate we are, but we're deliberate, you know, in that sense, in the true sense, like uh, taking our time for a specific purpose, right? We're not just going slow. Or just passing the ball and waiting for something to happen. It's a deliberate move, screen, rescreen, uh, you know, kick the ball in, reset, that kind of stuff. We're looking for something. It's deliberate with a purpose. Um, and the press showed us at our weakest points, and that's like making decisions up tempo, right? You can see that when North Texas is doing a fast break. That's when you're like, what? What's happening? I thought this team was good. Um, you know, like lobs that go to nobody, balls, uh, uh, passes that are just, you know, not timed right, two-on-one situations that are blown. It's just kind of weird. that they, they just don't really have an open court finisher, I think. Like James Reese last year was, was awesome at that. He would run the floor. He, you know, uh, he would dunk on people. He would slide down for, for lobs. We don't really have that guy here that would do that kind of thing. Uh, there's a lot of layup kind of guys, and I think that – changes the calculus a little bit anyway my point is that we're not the greatest at making decisions under like at tempo and i think the press has sped us up and is 
cause turnovers. Louisiana Tech did that. UAB did that. I'm expecting some other teams will try to do that. Uh, everybody does a little press now and again, right? It's, it's what happens. Um, but I think they'll see that on film. UAB definitely will say, look, we got a, we had a lot of success when we did this. That 11-0 run started when we did ABC, right? Um, and there was a lot of uh, Tyler Perry bailing us out offensively. Um, crossing over Mike Ertle, uh crossing over Jelly Walker, getting buckets in their face. We can do that, but I don't want to rely on that. He scored, what, 25 points in that game? We don't want to need 25 points from Tyler Perry on crossovers and fadeaways at the, at the shot clock buzzer. That's Again, it's not sustainable. Uh, we want a lot of buckets, but we want to keep that in the back pocket. Make them afraid of that, right? They're like, oh, no, we got to guard him. Then they send help. He makes a good pass, and then we end up getting it done. That's what we'd rather have. Um, so clean that up. I'd like Thomas Bell to get his little confidence back. I think he'll do some great things against UTSA because they're terrible. Uh, he'll do some great things against um, uh, UTEP because they're not good either. They're solid. They're not good, though. And, you know, kind of get his 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 momentum back. And then there's a little break before the start of the tournament. There's a few days off, and I think it sort of concerns me a little bit. It's like Saturday. Let me look at the schedule again, right? So we play the 5th. And then, like I said, the 8th is when this tournament starts. That would be a Tuesday. Wednesday, we'd play Thursday. But I, and sort of at night, so it's, I guess it's sort of the same cadence, right? Uh, because we have the bye. So that's, I guess that's sort of good. Um, but I think everybody else is going to be thrown off. There's that, it's not normal, right? North Texas is going to have to go to Frisco. I don't know what the logistics they're going to do. They're going to, you know, actually have them stay at a hotel in Frisco or just have them bus over from, from Denton. I don't know, but it's still a little weird, right? Conference tournament can be a little weird, and uh, you know, I, Thomas Bell is a is a key guy. I'm not so concerned about him. Like I said, I think he has time to figure it out, and I think he will. Uh, if he were peaking right now, that'd be a little scary because you're like, can he hold his peak performance all the way through? And it would kind of suck for him to kind of be struggling a bit come tournament time. Maybe guys get pressing, or start pressing that kind of thing. I think he has enough time to figure it out, and I feel good about that. Similar thing happened to Javion Hamlet last year, right? He balled out against Marshall. He struggled against UAB both those games, and you know, he I think he even struggled a little bit against Old Dominion, right? He just kind of, but uh, in the tournament, just dominant. When it came down to it against Tech, uh, I mean, I say Old Dominion, I meant Middle. When it came down to it against uh, Old Dominion, Tech, Western Kentucky, and Purdue, he was a star. That's what we need. We need our stars to shine brightest in the tournament. Tyler Perry's been good, and, and that's what I'm saying. He has room to grow. He only had nine points against Louisiana Tech. They did a good job shutting him down, but he had a big shot. He had big shots, had big moments in big time, you know, times. Um, so I feel good about that, right? I, I'm... I'm it's kind of weird, but I'm like, you know what? They haven't been playing their best right now. Like, against UAB, yeah, but against Florida Atlantic, Tyler Perry hadn't played well. Um, uh, Thomas Bell, you know, not the, the absolute best performances from him. Uh, he hasn't scored 20 since the Rice game, right? Rice is terrible. FAU, he had 13 to struggle. UAB he had three, and then he had 10 last couple games. Not been super amazing. He was getting, like, in the, uh, you know, his offensive rating was very good against, like, Western. Charlotte, Old Dominion. Uh, he was shooting with confidence from three. He hasn't been getting a lot of three-point shots. And either he hasn't been taking them or he just, um, they've been deliberately, you know, getting up against them. Uh, I think uh, against Tech, he didn't even attempt one. Where against, say, Tech last time in January, he had four, four of them and he made three. Anyway, that's my point. I, th I think teams are focusing in on him and now is the time for him and the coaching staff to kind of figure out where he can be effective given their new focus, right? Uh, let's not lose anything, but let's find a way to still be uh, aggressive and attacking given the new normal. And that's how it goes, right? Great players get a little extra focus. The scouting report on those guys, you know. I mean, you look at uh, Ken Palm, right? He's a go-to guy. Uh, greater than 28% of possessions youth go through Thomas Bell. So... Uh, lots of coaches talk about it. they they use Kim Palm a ton uh, in addition to their own proprietary stuff, their own scouting stuff. But 
you open this up and you look at it, you're like, who's who is the guy that I got to worry about? Thomas Bell? Uh, everything goes to this guy? Okay, well, let's figure out where he gets the ball and let's not let him be comfortable. I think some teams have been pretty solid doing that. And, you know, North Texas needs to adjust. It's that simple. Uh, by the way, though, Marjorie McBride has been balling. He hit a couple of huge buckets. He had two, right, two against Tech, two big threes. Balling out. Uh, he had 10 points. He just lot, does a lot of little things that I like. He's aggressive. Like he's another guy who's aggressive attacking the rim. Ruben Jones, same thing. Uh, I like what Aaron Scott did. Just basically at every time, somebody's doing something good, right? J.J. Murray's a defensive ace, uh, but he makes timely buckets. Um, you know, just a lot of good stuff. This team is fun to watch. Uh, you know, I love it. All right, I'm looking looking at something else. I think I've exhausted my notes. It kind of did an end around on some of my points. What do you know, team? What do you know? Um, what else? Uh, just another note. I, I made this point last time, I think, on the on the show, is that you know, like the the seedings, we can't control them, right? North Texas can't control them at this point. Um, and even if you could, let's say you went to Gonzaga and beat Gonzaga, whatever, like that, that ultimately it's somebody else in meeting. Like they they're looking at the numbers, sure. There's some politics involved. There's some, you know. Maybe even corruption if you you don't want to do that. There's humans involved. I'm sure there's some corruption. Um, where North Texas plays in Conference USA, right? If North Texas played in the Big 12, you know, maybe it'd be top 25 right now. Just the nature of things. So I'm not going to worry too much, and I don't think you should worry too much about where North Texas is going to be seated. I think you should be excited that North Texas won the conference, right? Regular season conference, best record. That means an NIT bid, right? Uh, I also think that... We need to take full advantage of winning this conference tournament. Get into the tournament, right? Guarantee. Don't let anybody leave you out. Don't let that was middle's big uh, problem. Uh, was that four years ago, where they didn't win the tournament, right? And so they left it open, right? They put the game in the rest hands, so to speak, and they let them keep them out of the tournament. You win the conference tournament. They have to win it, and you're in in the NCAA tournament. Then it doesn't so much matter where you're seated. Yeah, it would be great to be seated ninth, eighth, or something like that. But I think more likely you're going to get a you know, 12, 13, maybe 11 or something like that. And that's fine. That's fine. I said this before, right, that Gonzaga was that little team that could. They built their program by always being good. They're, if you're always in the tournament and everybody starts taking a look at you, you're like, man, that team's pretty good, you know? That the one time you win 20 games, like middle this year, right, you win 20 games. Everybody goes, oh, that, you know, 20 games. I wonder how they did that. But if five seasons straight, you're winning 20. Uh, and you know you're winning the title or right there in the title game, then everybody's like, man, that, that, they're always they're good. And so when you see them again having a good season, you're like, you know what? They're always good. They must be really good, right? And is that scientific? No, it's not. But uh, again, we're not picking this team via algorithm that's looking at uh, numbers and stuff. Uh, it's a lot. It's, it's humans ultimately reading these things and saying they're good, they're not good, that kind of thing. And I think. Um, it also helps that if North Texas keeps up and builds a reputation that when it comes time for people that follow college basketball, like the writers, you know, Seth Davidson or whatever, um, and they're, they're going to look at who who am I going to turn on with my spare time? Uh, they'll look at a North Texas game, right? They're like, hey, they're always good. Let me see what they're doing right now, right? They're always doing something interesting. Grant McGasson's always doing something interesting. Let me, let me check out one of their games. Uh, and in that case, right, you went 14 straight. That piques everybody's interest, right? They're not like, hey, they're doing pretty good. They're 20 and 11, you know, whatever, 20 11. But you're like, uh, you know, uh, what is the record? 20 and 22 and four. They're like, hey, they're winning. Four, won 14 straight. Also, they got some fun highlights. Look at Tyler Perry hitting buckets in dude's eyes right here, right? Against a good UAB team. And you're like, hey, that's a that's a good squad, you know? That's what happens. I hadn't watched St. Mary's all season, uh, and then you know they play Gonzaga and everybody kind of tunes in, right? You get your chance. However many chances, it's not it's not uh, doled out equally. Your your attention, uh, you know, your chances for for making a name for yourself. Uh, so you got to do the most with with your opportunity. And North Texas is not going to get as many opportunities as a as a you know a Big Twelve school, and that's fine. You know, you can't really change that right now. You go about changing it with minor things, doing the things right now by winning. You know, back to back to back. 
nobody's going to really fact check that, but it's it's a a regular season championship, a conference championship, a conference tournament one, a, a division championship, and then more, right? Whatever the case is. You get back-to-back tourney champions. That goes up. Everybody's going to talk. Hey, you know what? When I think Conference USA, I think North Texas Mean Green, they're always winning. They're always doing something out there. That's how you get that attention. That's how a Gonzaga turned into, what they say, a blue blood, right? There's a lot of other things. There's investment. There's uh, good coaching. There's winning a lot of, a lot of that stuff. But it's also being consistent, being consistently good. Uh, Greg and I talked about this uh, a couple podcasts ago. But, yeah, it's building the program. You can see that. We lost our best player. A lot of teams can get good in the season, right? You have a good player. But after that, what happens? Javion Hamlet, best player in North Texas basketball history, right? You know, conference player of the year, won a tournament, was an integral part of the the wins. Um, But, you know, you follow that up with the guy that's – He's not as good, right? Tyler Perry's good. He's not as good as Javion Hamlet, and that's fine because he's fulfilling. He's he's excelling in his role. Uh, Javion Hamlet hit big time shots for us, made big time plays. We need somebody to do that for us, and that's been Tyler Perry. He's been balling out, creating his own shot. He only had the nine, but they were you know a big nine, and at least three of them were were gigantic. And so that's that's it. That's how you build a program. Um, we need the next guy. Next guy out there is considering coming to North Texas, uh, being a part of this team. Um, you know, where can you fit in? How can you continue? How can you make it, uh, keep it going? For the staff, it makes it easier. You know, like, hey, come out to North Texas. They're not like, where's that? And they're mean green or what? Who? What? Huh? Now it's, oh, yeah, I saw y'all beat Purdue. Oh, I saw y'all uh, win the conference tournament. Oh, I saw, like, uh, that dude hit the three in the guy's eye. Yeah. You know, they're already excited about it. They they turn it on or you show them some highlights of 8,500 people at the Super Pit. It makes them want to go play there. Nobody wants to go play to you know, for an empty gym. You want to go where people are excited to see you do your thing, right? You get to show out a little bit. That's part of it. That's the fun. You imagine the crowd going wild, not, I don't know, your mom and, like, random students, right? Um, that's how it goes. So all that stuff is good. North Texas is in a very amazingly good place. Um, and embrace it. I'm glad everybody showed up. I, I heard the tailgate was fun, even though it was cold. Um, Frisco, uh, you know, tournament's coming. It should be fun there. Again, let's let's link up. I think we're gonna hook up with the Collin County Alumni Association. They're gonna they're gonna have a thing at like City Grill. I think that's what they said. So we'll all kind of we'll join them there. More things to come. They haven't really sent me anything, so we'll we'll see what's up. Um, but that's a couple weeks away. Uh, at least make plans to go to Frisco. The week-long pass is not terrible. It's $125. Buy that. Watch the first-round game, see what we're playing. That's fun. I mean, it, I love basketball, so it's always fun to see a lot of basketball. And I've been at the tournament with like three, four times, whatever it's been, uh, watching the whole thing, the women's team, the men's. Uh, it's fun. It's a good time. It's a great value for your money. All right, I'll leave you with that. Y'all have a good Sunday. Y'all have a good week. Good and green.